This morning's reading is taken from Romans chapter 13, verses 8 to 10. Let no debt remain outstanding except the continuing debt to love one another. For whoever loves others has fulfilled the law. The commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet, and whatever other command there may be, are summed up in this one command, love your neighbour as yourself. Love does no harm to a neighbour. Therefore, love is the fulfilment of the law. Charlie Mackesy is a Christian illustrator and author who last year published and released a simple book. By December 2019, it had sold 51,610 copies. It's quite simply a book of illustrations and snippets of conversations between a boy, a mole, a fox and a horse. But it communicates deep truths about relationships and struggles, hopes and fears. Something about it struck a chord with many people and one of its dominant themes is love. What it means to love others, what friendship looks like and what it means to encourage, support and care for each other day by day through thick and thin, through storm and calm, through times of disaster and times of peace. With the escalation of the coronavirus, I am sure this book is going to continue to sell and Instagram followers will continue to increase. God's love for us is the greatest theme in scripture. From beginning to end, he demonstrates his love, his grace and his mercy to mankind, fulfilled finally through the death of his son in our place to bring us life and forgiveness. We love because he first loved us. So as we face uncertain times and begin to do church very differently for the next few months, Let's pray that God would reveal more of his love for us and equip us as a church family to love others with a love that comes from him. Our key verse today is this. Let no debt remain outstanding, except the continuing debt to love one another. For he who loves his fellow man has fulfilled the law. I'm a stickler for paying off debt, for keeping on top of the bank account, keeping in the red and managing our money so that debt doesn't take hold. And there is something incredibly freeing about knowing a debt is paid and the credit card is clear and there's one less thing to worry about. Paul tells us it's right to pay what we owe, seek to be debt free and honour those in authority. But he also says the only debt that will never be paid off and should never be paid off is the debt of love. We can never say, I have done all the loving I need to do. Our love for one another will never run out. In fact, in every circumstance, we need to ask ourselves, what is the most loving thing I can do in this situation? So poignant at a time when many are so fearful or self-isolated and alone. What is the most loving thing I can do during this coronavirus pandemic? Or on a more cheery and perhaps simpler note, what is the most loving thing I can do today on Mother's Day, when for some it is a difficult or sad day, or lonely, or it's just impossible to be with family? We're called to continually love others and Paul gives us some clear answers to some simple questions in this passage that help us to understand what that love looks like on a day-to-day -day basis. Firstly, who are we to love? Our call is to love beyond ourselves, 
beyond the church family and out into the community and world outside. The old New International Version of the Bible says we're called to love our fellow man. No, not man as just the men, but mankind, people, all people, everywhere. These are our neighbours. The translation of neighbour really means anyone in need or any other person. Basically, what is being said is that we're to love everyone beyond our church walls and community, and that in doing so, we are fulfilling God's law. Think of the story of the Good Samaritan in Luke 10. The Samaritan gives his time and money to ensure a man he doesn't know gets all the care he needs. He goes out of his way. He sacrifices what he has for the sake of someone he doesn't know. And Jesus' challenge to the teachers of the law who are listening is this. Go and do likewise. It's the same challenge for us. Sometimes we can be good as churches in caring for our own. But this challenge calls us to to love our literal neighbours, those who are living far away and those who are near, those that suffer, those that are lonely, those that are not like us, those that are perhaps self-isolated this week or in the weeks to come. What is the most loving thing to do for those people, particularly when we can't gather and actually be with them? Our second question, why do we need to love like this? Look at verse 8. Because loving others fulfills the law. Jesus takes the Old Testament very seriously. It's God's words and he doesn't ignore what's gone before. But he takes what's gone before and he goes even further. Take for example Matthew 5.21. You heard that it was said to people long ago, do not murder. But Jesus says, not only is murder a commandment to be obeyed, But even anger, too, is to be taken seriously and will be the subject of judgment. Anger harms another, just as murder harms another. For the follower of Christ, there is a call to godly living that goes beyond what has been without dismissing it. A call to loving others that is radical and sacrificial. Of course, murder is wrong, but so too is the murderous thought, the hateful gossip, the retaliation and revenge we looked at last week. Jesus summarises God's commandments in Matthew 22. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and love your neighbour as yourself. He says all the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. It's like all the commands of God fit under this broad umbrella. Love God and love others simple. So loving our neighbour fulfils the law because it's a love that goes beyond all that has gone before and it's rooted in the greatest love of all, Christ's sacrificial and unconditional love for all humanity. And so to our third question, how do we love like this? How is it even possible to begin to love others in this radical way, taking seriously God's commandments and yet loving even beyond them? The answer, I think, comes earlier in Romans, chapter 5, verse 5. Because love has been poured into our hearts by the Holy Spirit. It's the Spirit that enables us to love others, to bring no harm to our neighbours and to love beyond what we can imagine we can do. God himself has poured his love into the hearts of the believer that we might pour it out to others. We need to let God's Spirit rule in our lives and flow out to others around us. 
It's not that we will know how to love others by trusting our own feelings. That's a terrifying thought, because our feelings are so unreliable and self-centred, often leading us to please ourselves rather than God or anyone else. And it's not that we know how to love others by just making a practical plan, because we ought to, and because we think God will be pleased with us. That's not loving with God's love either. Radical Christ-like love means refraining, say, from adultery, but it also means be careful what you watch. Be careful how we look at another person. Not letting lust creep in or making, making us devalue another of God's children or treating them as anything less than precious. Radical love means treating all people with respect in terms of what they have, so not stealing or coveting or selfishly putting all our efforts and money into having stuff or getting stuff. One commentator writes, We cannot let the world shape our definition of love. We must instead let God's word in the scriptures define what is truly loving. Radical love doesn't obey God because you have to. The Pharisees were great at that. They created laws to keep laws and had hundreds written down in the Mishnah so that they could seek to be without fault. But where was their heart for their neighbour, for those that were different from them, for those on the margins of community? Paul writes that real faith, or indeed love, isn't as the Jews believed, about keeping food laws or being circumcised or as an outward sign of belonging to God. Instead, it's about trusting Christ, living for him, recognising that he is love himself and in doing so reaching out with his love to others. You see, it is possible to give to the poor but without love. It's possible to pray without love. It's possible to gather in your own homes and listen to an online talk without love. 1 Corinthians 13 says, If I give all I possess to the poor and surrender my body to the flames, but I have not love, I gain nothing. It's God's love poured into our hearts by his spirit that enables us to pick up the phone in the weeks to come and listen, pray and encourage one another. To be patient with our difficult neighbour who's fearful of catching corona. To be generous with our money and provide food for the homeless. It is his love that enables us to forgive one another when the close proximity of self-isolation becomes a pressure point. And his love that means that we find ways in the coming weeks to build relationships with our neighbours, seeing each of them as loved children of God, just as we are. Most of all, it is love that fills our hearts, that inspires us to share Jesus with other people. That is the sign of truly loving our neighbour. Not keeping the best news in the world to ourselves, but passing it on, sharing it, letting others discover for themselves what it means to be truly loved and in turn to love others. It seems very timely to be looking at a passage today that calls us to love. Perhaps in the weeks to come, whenever we think of someone, we ought to say to ourselves, I need to show him or her the love of Christ. I have a great and wonderful debt to pay. We owe them. Wherever we go, even if it's limited, whoever we meet, we owe love. This is our debt and our only debt. And we owe them today because as Paul writes at the end of the chapter, the opportunity for loving others is now, in this present time, until Christ returns. It's an opportunity we don't want to miss and it's an opportunity at a time of world crisis where things are shutting down. 
And I believe God's light will shine by his spirit through the lives of his people. And we will be able to reach out with his love and see lives transformed. So let's love one another just as he has loved us. Thank you for listening to this morning's reading and talk. As we worship together across the city scattered in this new way, we have some other resources to help us in our worship. If you didn't receive the email with those resources, you can find them on our website by going to www.stswithenswalcott.org.uk forward slash talks, where you will find a whole pattern for our worship this morning, including some questions that you could discuss as a household or reflect on in quiet on your own. There are creative suggestions for how to pray or how to respond. There are a couple of simple songs that you can sing along to or simply listen to. And for all other updates on the life of the church, please visit www.stswithenswalcott.org.uk forward slash news. For those who are still listening to this recording to the end, why don't I simply pray for us as we continue in our worship and then please make use of the material that we have sent out for everyone. So Father God, thank you that you love us, that you are here with us. Thank you that you long to speak to us in our homes, our households, our scattered places. And I pray that you would bless us as we talk, as we think, as we question, as we pray and as we worship you this morning.